Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast for E3 2021, day one of E3, day 392 of Summer Game Fest. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. I can't believe we got the announcement of Homeworld 3, now in development. It's coming <laughs> after years of waiting for it. Homeworld 3 is finally here. Mm -hmm. Such exciting stuff. Of course, we have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. I can't believe we got the second, third, and fourth announcements that Homeworld 3 is coming sometime this year. And the hypest man in the business, it is Snow Bike Mike. I can't believe that the one more thing from the Gearbox presentation was Homeworld 3. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? We have so much to talk about here on this games cast. This is how this is going to work. Usually... Each and every week, we come together here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can get it on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or RoosterTeeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games cast, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad-free, guess what? You can go to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny, just Kind of Funny Games, just like Donovan Harkness, Omega-3, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, and Elliot have done because they don't want to hear about our sponsors today, which include Honey, Fit, Bod, and Canva. But the rest of you, you're going to listen to those. But we're doing something very special because this is E3, because this is Summer Game Fest. We're also on twitch.tv slash games. We're live all weekend, all the way through Tuesday, pretty much starting at around 9 a.m. all day. We're going to be live talking about video games, reacting to all the press conferences, giving our grades, giving our thoughts, all of that stuff. So please join us. We really, really appreciate it. Isn't that right, Andy? Yes, that is right, Tim Geddes. Thank you for mm -hmm. asking me. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I want to get right into it. All right, boys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off by grading our thoughts on E3 slash Summer Game Fest as a whole so far. Then we're going to go conference by conference, showcase by showcase from everything, starting with Summer Game Fest, kickoff live, all the way through to the Gearbox showcase, which was the last thing we watched today. And we're going to give them grades. And we're going to use the video game grading scale, which of course... You got your A, you got your B, you got your C, you got your D, you got your F. But on the top, the top, the best of the best, what do you have, Blessing? You got an S. You got that S rank, baby. Did any of these hit an S rank yet? We'll have to find out. I don't know. But here's the other key thing. We're each going to give our grades based on the conferences we were a part of, reacting to and watching and all that stuff, based on our feelings, whatever it is we're looking four from these presentations and we can give a little more clarification individually in case you want to to do that so people the audience out there knows where we're coming from right so let's start it off let's grade e3 slash summer game fest so far blessing let's start with mm. you yeah like i've really enjoyed the last two days i feel like we've seen both ends of the spectrum in terms of what some fantastic showcases can look like in the case of things like Summer Games Fest kickoff and in some of the indie directs that we've gotten. And then the worst ends of the spectrum in the case of Koch Media and things like the Gearbox showcase. Uh, and like, you know, this is a weird E3. It's a different E3. You know, it being a totally digital thing puts it in this in this certain place where it still feels like it's it's in a growing period. Last week, last year we got the Summer Games Fest, and that was a whole season of spread out digital showcases and not even having an actual E3. This E3 feels like publishers and companies being like, "All right, 
let's connect ourselves back, but then let's continue the, the, the stuff that we started to do last year. And I feel, I still feel like there are some growing pains there. Like this hasn't been like, we've not gotten it, it's, it, we're in a fun place right now because we're still awaiting some of the, some of the big guns, you know, tomorrow is probably tomorrow has one of the most exciting conferences with uh, the Xbox, but that's the showcase. And then later on, we're going to get Nintendo. And so it feels a little bit premature to put a letter grade, but for now, you know, it's probably like a strong, I'll say B, you know, C, C plus, B minus. That's kind of where I'm sitting. No, Mike, Mike, what about you? I, I, I like that breakdown there, Blessing. And I think for me, when you hear me break down my different conference grades and we look at E3 as a whole, right? I am the master of hype. I am somebody that gets excited just like Tim Gettys does for video games and for anything like this with a production value. And so when you think E3, before the pandemic, you think the biggest and the baddest, right? This is where video games come to show the very best. We put on a great show. We celebrate games. And of course, last year we were hit with COVID and the world was kind of rocked. We changed up how we do these presentations. And all these companies now, in my eyes, have had a full year plus to figure out, well, what do we do now that we're online only, right? We don't have people invading our Zoom calls anymore. We're not breaking down on Discord. And so now I think the training wheels have come a little off, right? We're a full year into this. People have really figured out what this is supposed to look like, how you can put a presentation together. And so now you attach E3 to all of that. And yeah, as gamers, we're looking to get hype. We're looking for the biggest and baddest. We are seven months into the new console generation. This is the E3 where you're thinking, man, they're going to bring out the big guns. Now they're really going to sell me on this stuff and get me excited so it's going to be fun to break down where we're at because a lot of the conversation has been temporary expectations. We've dealt with a year of COVID. We need to understand where we're at in the world. But you also want to get excited because it's E3 and this is this big mega showcase. So where I'm at right now for the Summer Games Fest E3, day one, start of the show, but also day 75 of where we've been at. I'm going to give it a C plus to B minus like Blessing said. I think we've had some good spots. And we've also had some downfalls, but all in all, it's been an average show with a lot of games to see. Andy Cortez. It's an S plus for me. We got Elden Ring. That's it. That's it. That's um, okay. The, um, <clears throat> I'm, I mean, I, I'm right with Mike and bless C plus B minus. I think that there have been, I think the Indies have been carrying the hell out of this year. Mm. The, the amount of quality we've seen in these, uh, I, I actually during this the break that we had, I went back to watch um, all the gorilla sort of uh, collective this morning because I was passed out super asleep this morning. Tim is texting me, Andy, we need a new layout. Andy, we need to like the, I'm in I'm in Dreamville. Um, <clears throat> I went back to watch that gorilla collective thing. Lots of great stuff there. Uh, a couple things you, we had already seen a day of the devs. Um, I think day of the devs has been the strongest showcase so far. That was banger after banger. So many good games on that showcase. I had uh, so much fun watching that one. And I'm glad we listened to Greg where he was like, look, you may not want, maybe this doesn't go to YouTube, but you should just at least watch it. And I'm so glad we all reacted to it. We had a lot of fun there. Um, and then, yeah, just we've seen the bottom of the barrel with Koch Media and Gearbox. Um, not very good ways to display or give out information. If I, I think this year... The lesson is less is more. You don't need to have something if you don't have something, you know. Um, so I would go, yeah, I would go C minus B plus. Elden Ring doing a lot of heavy lifting. So is Death Store. 
yeah. C minus or B pluses are very, very That's hard. That's a wide range. <laughs> opposite. <laughs> wide range. opposite. Okay. opposite. <laughs> C plus, C plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I think we're all kind of in the same same place with this. But what something I want to bring up is it's we're in a weird place where, of course, where the world's at with all these digital events. But while this is a digital event in the in what we're actually seeing from these developers, this year is radically different than last year. Like we are seeing a lot more in-person showcases and, uh, you know, even E3 itself with Greg hosting and a lot of what we saw with Devolver and stuff. It's like this wasn't a year full of zoom calls like this was definitely like not only did they have time to to put these things together but this is kind of a future that i expect isn't going to change i don't know if we're ever going to see ubisoft on a stage again at e3 i think this might be what we get mm -hmm. going forward right and while e3 is we uh, officially confirmed next year to be in person this part of e3 has always to us been digital you know like kind of funny he's never went down to e3 until after nintendo does its thing and then we go down and get our hands on the games and all that stuff and of course we're going to miss out getting our hands on the games this year but otherwise i think that this show is trending in a good direction i think i'm right there with you guys where it is in that c plus b minus range currently but i think that this is an important stepping stone year another one another step in the right direction that uh is kind of moving from the overcorrection of last year, overcorrection probably isn't even the right way to say it because last year very much was, we just got to deal with this. E3 doesn't exist. So Summer Game Fest had to come in and try their best, right? I think that this, what we're seeing here is looking at last year and it's the same thing we got last year, just condensed. We're still getting Summer Game Fest energy, but instead of it being yeah. spread out across three months where every single week has 10 events, now it's, we're getting 100 events in one week, and then there'll <laughs> be a sprinkle of things here and there from, from the people that, are, to be completely honest, are in a position of power to be able to do that. EA Play knows that they don't need E3. They can just do their own thing, right? So they're going to. We're going to see another Ubisoft forward. We're going to see uh, other state of play and all that stuff uh, kind of stand on their own at some point. That's not announced yet, but we got to expect it's coming right but for what is here for e3 i think it's really cool that we get to see on one stage for summer game fast kickoff live a kind of opening ceremony that is this keynote that is a big scale game award style opening night live style uh game showcase that has games from all the big guys and some small guys and sure there's a lot of filler in that because that's the stuff that pays the bills to be able to do something this this big and, you know, there's the pros and cons there where where does that fit into E3? Because all of a sudden we now have multiple schedules we're looking at, multiple shows we're reacting to where this is E3, that summer game fest and all to us is the same thing. Right. We're just reacting to these these conferences. We're right. we're comparing them next to each other. So the reality of what this turns into is instead of having a couple high profile bangers of the big dogs like the nintendo sony microsoft ubisoft blah 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 and then getting some smaller things like day of the devs and gorilla and whatever every show or both shows have a lot more filler both shows have showcases for devs that you know may are that middle tier that maybe should have found places to fit either above or below depending on the the title itself and I think that's kind of where we're at here, where what Andy said about the, the indies really stealing the show, I think that that's awesome. And that is that is a, a, a plus for E3 because in years prior, 2019 and before, indies never had the, the time to shine at E3. But because of Summer Game Fest last year and what E3 is right now, we are all watching and reacting to these streams that kind of funny, IGN, uh, GameSpot, 
go on and on, never would have reacted to before. So in a lot of ways, it's a good thing. And I think E3 and Summer Game Fest, the whole thing, are kind of in the best place they've ever been. But there's still a lot of room to to grow and adapt and change. And the more that they can cooperate, which based on tweets and stuff today, doesn't seem like it's going to be the case, uh, the more it's going to benefit everybody, both the developers and gamers watching along. But right now, it's I'm very excited by the idea that for the first time ever during E3 week, there is room for Capcom to have a showcase and for Gearbox to have a showcase. And all these developers just to show off their entire portfolio in a way that used to be reserved for Bethesda and above, right? Yeah, the big names. But to Eddie's point, just because you have the opportunity doesn't mean yeah. you need to do something if you don't have something to talk about. So hey, you, go for it, uh, to, Well, to, to your point, uh, Tim, you know, I think I think you nail it in terms of, you know, not everybody necessarily needs to show something. And I wonder... I, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that this E3 still feels like it's in that growing stage of the that digital push that everybody's making. And, you know, I think a few people in chat made the um, the point to say that, like, you know, we've been here for over a year. Like, you know, shouldn't you have it down by now? And my answer would still be no, because, you know, this is the first E3 we've gotten where everybody's making the push to digital. And Tim, to your point of it feeling like a condensed summer games fest, there are multiple games that I've seen multiple times already in just the last three days. Like how many times I've seen uh, Phantom Abyss? You know, how many times I've seen certain indie titles show up uh, during Keeley's? How many times have I seen the the uh, Midgard game, the uh, the Tribes of Midgard? Uh, you know, like you still have those titles popping up uh, in multiple places, and it still feels somewhat disorganized in a way that. You know, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if there's a solution to aside from somebody stepping in and being like, no, you can't show this here and there. But can you have that person given what this thing is? Because for where it's at right now, it feels like it feels like the publishers and the developers that are taking advantage of this digital push are the ones that are like, well, why not? You know, like Prime Matter during a traditional E3 that that would hinge on having a physical presentation or a physical place to show up, you probably wouldn't see a Prime Matter showcase. You know, like you probably wouldn't see Prime Matter dedicate two hours to having a block and showing off all their stuff. You probably wouldn't have Gearbox put in the work to to have a presentation and show off all their stuff. You know, like it I you know, a lot a lot of folks I think are seeing the fact that, hey, we can do a digital event. And so, you know, why not? And that is leading to people kind of tripping over themselves just a little bit. Um and I think that's the thing that as the years as the as the years go by, we're gonna see that Hopefully improve. I think a lot of stuff might say the same in terms of stuff popping up in multiple places, but I think that's where we're at right now with E3. Yeah, to, to add on to that point, what's interesting, given the history of you know covering these types of events, that's always been the case. But what's interesting is before it would be, oh, we see Call of Duty in multiple places, whether it's okay, we see it at Xbox and PlayStation and here and here. We see Assassin's Creed and you know all the, the the big dog conferences as well. But here it's these indie games. And I actually think that there is a value to a couple of these games being shown multiple times at different events. And to an extent that begins to not be true because there is overexposure and you know when it is the same people watching the same the events over and over and over and they're not really adding any new information. Or even more frustrating is when games, when a trailer at one thing has a release date, but didn't at the last release or at the last conference, it's like, let's, mm -hmm. let's get the marketing kind of clear and concise and, you know, have a, have a direct message that we're trying to get out there. But I do think it's cool that we've seen indies kind of rise from this small niche thing to now being a core part of gaming that, you know, that, that certain ones need to be highlighted above the rest to hit this middle ground that now exists. So 
exciting I, overall. I think it's pretty important and good overall that these games are getting seen multiple times. All of this sort of reminds me, I mentioned this before, it reminds me of Austin City Limits or South by Southwest. You have the main festival with the main artists being listed on the poster and these are the, these are the core people you're going to see. But a lot of people throw unofficial things around that. Mm-hmm. And Gorilla Collective, I would say, is an unofficial thing that's not necessarily E3 with Greg introing it, but they throw it at the same time. Uh, Day of the Devs, I know that was part of, of Keeley's Summer uh, Game Fest, but it doesn't have that E3 label on it. So maybe not everybody's going to watch it. I think having these indies in as many places as possible is definitely necessary just for their exposure because not maybe for somebody sure. who's super stoked about E3 doesn't know what the hell Gorilla Collective is yeah, and or not doesn't everybody know what Day of the Devs is. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're obviously in a different spot because we're, we're doing this. We've been doing this for the past couple of days. Um, but I, I certainly don't mind seeing these games pop up in multiple areas. I do think it is kind of weird, though, Tim, you mentioning the different release dates. That is kind of a, you know, obviously somebody like Devolver, who we just saw Death's Door right there, they want to have the release date for the game that they are publishing. So that makes kind of sense. Mm-hmm. But that Death's Door did not have a, a date during the Day of the Devs presentation. So kind of odd. Um, a lot of mixed messaging, I feel. So moving on from that overall, because I'm sure we're going to keep talking about that as the days go on and as our grade changes for that, hopefully in a positive light in the next few days and the whole week as a as a whole. But moving on, let's grade each and every one of the conferences and showcases we've watched. Let's start with Summer Game Fest kickoff live. Jeff Keighley's first foray into a giant stage show during E3. What did you think? Bless. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, B minus is the grade that I give it. You know, I, I think it had a, a really strong start with games like uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. You know, it, it had um, uh, Metal Slug Tactics, and it also had an appearance from Hideo Kojima in the announcement of Death Stranding, the the director's cut, and that made for such a strong start. Um, but then also made for a middle part that was very much like a um, a lull. You know, I think like a lot of us got kind of bored and was like, okay, cool. You know, you front loaded a lot of the awesome, awesome stuff, and then you come back with Elden Ring towards the end. You know, you kind of understand why they built it that way, but I wish there was like a bit, a bit more pop uh, in the middle, you know, for things. That said, uh, when we did the breakdown of everything they announced at the Keeleys, or not the Keeleys, the Summer Games Fest kickoff, that was the moment where I was like, <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> you know what? This is actually a really good presentation for this stuff. When you actually look and read through it, you know, you, you see things like Wave Break. Uh, you, see, you see a bunch of other things that might not necessarily be for everybody, but are going to speak to the audience, audiences that they're speaking to. And as a, as a new presentation that Jeff Keighley put together uh, to kind of stand alongside something like Opening Night Live and Game Awards, I feel like kickoff, Kind of, kind of uh, has that perfect place of being cool enough and good enough to want to tune into, but definitely feeling like an appetizer for the summer and then things like opening night, like opening night live and, and game awards. Mike, you're muted. I agree with what Blessing said. I'm pretty high on this still. I'm going to give it a B to B plus. I think this was a good, uh, if not great showcase right if you know jeff Keeley and what he brings from the game awards to opening night over at gamescom you can kind of get the gist of what he's going to do right he's going to call 
upon the whole industry to come together. And I think it's really cool to see Jeff be able to flex that power on bringing in different celebrities from the gaming universe, from entertainment to bands and singers, right? And I think that's a really fun part of opening night live and Blessing said it well. It's like, here's a fun way to kick off this big weekend. It feels like a party. It feels like a great way to get involved and see the games. And for 90 minutes, that kept my attention. That kept me interested. Yeah, it did plateau in the middle, but he also showed games 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 and it did not stop which was really really fun he had a good presentation he had fun appearances and i really enjoyed calling on ryan reynolds to show a movie about a video game right i like seeing hideo kojima show up i love jeff goldblum showing off jurassic world evolutions too and so for me i'm gonna give this a good to great about a b to b plus for me i don't think this was over hype or an a but this was a fun time and i think it, it was the right way to kick off what we see now with Summer Games Fest slash E3. Andy? I don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. A plateau in the middle. We got a Fall Guys bean in Thank a 2B you. costume. We got a 2B <laughs> right. costume from Near Damn, I forgot about it. Andy, I'm Fall sorry. Guys. 2B, everybody. Um, yeah, I'd give it a B minus, C plus. I feel like that's going to be kind of my grade for a lot of these things. Um, I thought it was good. It was enjoyable. It was fun. Start, started off really hot, ended incredibly with just tears running down my face with Elden Ring. One of the best reveals that I've, uh, again, I've we've mentioned this on several different uh, moments throughout all of this sort of E3 coverage, but hearing Jeff's excitement, like I keep going back to that moment of him just so stoked and his voice is trembling because he's just so excited to bring us something that we're all going to get really juiced about and yeah elden ring looks fantastic to end the show with that that's one of the those what have you done for me lately sort of things we're in the middle kind of you know kind of took a dip we had two point hospital i know some people are excited about that we uh got tales of arise i thought that had a pretty neat trailer great art style um fast-paced action i know a lot of people the tales a lot of fans of the tales franchise yeah. will be stoked for that um planet of lana was a really nice looking indie title i thought it had a cool style um uh, i feel like this whole you could say that about so many of these indie games these year this year just so many great styles uh, on display the evil dead game our chat was kind of popping off for that because there was a lot of evil dead uh, fans in our chat which i am not but stoked for you all um but yeah sort of ending with with elden ring which was massive um and i think that sort of boosts it up to a a B minus for me. I give it a, a very solid B. I wasn't on the live reactions with you guys, but I did watch the entire thing uh, myself. And I give it a solid B with a, a shout out of a B plus for what I think Jeff did and what I think the direction we're going in here. Because watching all of his game awards the last couple of years and opening night lives, you get the show he wants to make. You see the production value. You see the choices he's making. Yep. And it's only gotten more clear that he has a firm grasp on it. And he fucking gets it. And it's just the things that are out of his control that take the show down. It is the things where, like, okay, clearly this was a money move to, to pay for this thing, yeah. to, to feature this game. Or he wanted to get this game but couldn't get it. But he wanted this show. And in Jeff's perfect world, this show would be, if he could put on the show he wanted, if he had the access he wanted, it would be a 10 out of 10 best conference we ever had. And I appreciate that because there's not many people I can say that about. So the fact that this ended with Elden Ring, the fact that he got it and Andy talks about the excitement that he has going into it, that is the excitement he wants to have for everything. We joke about him and, and Kojima. Guess what? He has Kojima. Like, 
Kia Kojima, and he had a great bit there with the Death Stranding stuff. Like the way that they presented that was killer. The could not the Kojima interview bit was a little weird, but he wanted <laughs> to actually show the face. I get that, whatever. But like the Death Stranding thing itself was so hype for fans, like Metal Gear fans. I was freaking out. I didn't like Death Stranding, but I was watching this and I had to pop in. Uh, even though I was at, at Disneyland, I wanted to pop in because. I thought that they were about to announce some Metal Gear style, yeah. like VR. See, my heart was uh, beating out of experiences with the starting. That would have been right there for me, Andy. What's up? Um, I was listening to um, Grub's podcast with Mike Minotti, and they were mentioning that there's a lot of speculation that in that video, um, Norman Reedus putting away the box was just kind of this this nod to i'm putting away metal gear forever like i i'm I'm done with this as a as an idea or it could have just been like they mentioned it could kojima's weird as fuck so like it could have just been a stupid silly thing and he likes being a troll sometimes and that's always totally but like the fact that this was here man and and we didn't expect this we didn't guess this and like it's a cool exciting thing for a lot of people and i just for the industry at large like kojima was part of this and while sure death stranding on ps5 is not kojima's next project guess what next time it can be and it will probably be at this show like this show has proven it is a valuable platform for some of the biggest names in our industry and with that i think he did a very good job and i think that they didn't really overstay their welcome on too much Uh, i like jeff's insistence on celebrating the industry with music performances that actually relate to games and all of that and i know some people don't vibe with that entirely but to me there's a when i grade these things there is a big emphasis on it's a show because at some point it's just a commercial but we still can talk about good commercials versus bad commercials and i think jeff has the potential to make a fantastic commercial but because of reality it gets taken down a bit and I, I think that at the end of the day, we're seeing something really special. And it ending with Elden Ring is just definitive proof that this is a show that we need to keep our eyes on. It is the only show during E3 week where all of the big dogs are on one stage, a literal stage, because Jeff mm-hmm. is insistent on that. And that production and that grandiose nature of it all. You gave it a higher grade because of the fucking stage in the wall. Let's be oh, honest. But of, but of course, I mean, it's real talk though. It looks dude, so good. But that's, looks but that's so the good. thing, man. And hey, shout out to E3 as well for, for their, their production and, and, you know, all of that stuff because they're doing a great job as well. But like, I just think that, that we saw something special and it's, we've been building this for a while. I just wish there was a little more collaboration because I think that B could have easily been an A if there wasn't multiple events going on at once. Um, but moving on, Day of the Devs. I was not part of this at all. I did not get to catch up on it. Blessing, what do you think? I really liked it. Uh, I'm not going to give this one a letter grade just because I only actually caught the first half of it. I had, a, I had a piece out halfway through so I can get this haircut. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Blessing. For, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, for what I did watch, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I was I was shocked by how good some of these games looked. Uh, shout out to Musical Story, which is one that uh, is this uh, combination of like a rhythm game and a narrative game with a really cool art style. Uh, that game looks super awesome. We saw more about Axiom Verge 2 and it looked really really good um you know i'm not gonna list every game because i'm sure other folks have other games to talk about but like shout out to phantom abyss which is one that i'll keep talking about Mm -hmm, even though mm -hmm. even though it showed up in multiple places you know i didn't mind it because 
that's a game that I know many of us are really looking forward to. It's the Devolver Digital game that is uh, basically an Indiana Jones meets Fall Guys where you're chasing after or where you're going through these procedurally generated dungeons and you have other players' ghosts to kind of guide you through. And once you beat a dungeon, that is like your dungeon that you just beat and it's it gets it gets locked out. You know, and you, like every every dungeon can only get beat once, which I think is just a really cool concept. And they showed off more of that. Um, there was one game. I don't remember the name of it. But it has one of the most incredible looking art styles I've ever seen. It is the stop motion one. I don't know if you guys remember you Andy or Mike. I think it's Vocabulantis is yep, what okay. I want to call that because I have that hell? wrote down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, it, I mentioned that it looks guys, like um, it looks like a Kojima made up game dev term, like transferring. Like Vocabulantis kind of reminds me of something that he'd make up. But Tim, they showed off the sort of uh, making of and how they do this and the 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 main kind of guy working on it is doing oh stop motion God. and yeah. then sh- taking different shots of the little maquettes with different lighting so that when you run around the world, it reacts and shows the different lighting around it wow. based on where it's standing. Yeah. Amazing. It is legitimately one of the most incredible things I've seen like in a presentation like this, especially from an indie game. Like it, it reminds me of seeing Cuphead, but even more so like a, how in the fuck, how, like how long is this make taking you to make, you know, like it looks ridiculous. Uh, can't wait to try it out whenever it comes out. Um, but yeah, Dave, the devs was a really good time. Like they keep, they keep on killing it. Yeah. Real quick. I want to jump in based on the conversation we're having here. It's like, I haven't seen this game before and I am utterly blown away. This is insane. And Andy mentioned earlier in the show that like the indie games are really bringing it in terms of art style and presentation. And mm-hmm. I, I love that we've really gotten away from that old school flash animation style uh, look of games that when that pops up, we think it's lesser than like we expect indie games that like we think of like adultswim.com like in 2006. Exactly. Nickelodeon.com exactly. in 2006, yeah. Yeah, and it's like Alien Hominid was the dopeness when it came out, but when every single game looked like that for a yeah. long time. After that, it was like, oh, I love that we're getting so many different styles here and so much use of like, okay, cool. How can we like take this retro revival that is now a decade old? Like at this point, we need to iterate. And I feel like this year and last year, we've really seen a lot of that iteration start to to happen where people are taking more risks because people are buying more indie games and there's more revenue streams and systems like Game Pass and stuff to allow them to do things that are a little bit more out of the box. Yeah, that's the thing I love so much is the fact that it seems like I, I feel like over the years has been the conversation of man, are indie games like can indie games be sustainable? Like how like exp- indie games are so expensive to make. Like you hear stories about people uh, like selling their houses so they can fund their game. Like a bunch of, a bunch of crazy stories about the things people do to get their creative project made. And things like Xbox Game Pass, you know, things like Epic Game Store, things like uh, the, the the deals that PlayStation makes with with, with indies to get to come to PS Plus at launch, stuff like that. Uh, makes it way more viable for these games to exist, and we've already been seeing the 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 fruits of that, right? We've seen Cuphead come out. We've seen even like Maquette, which is a little bit which was a little bit lower lower key of one that came out as a PS Plus game a few months ago, and it was a good game with a really cool idea. And we're seeing more of that stuff come through more and more, and it's and it's amazing. Like I'm I'm really happy about it, Mike. Yeah, I think Tim Schafer and the team over at IM8 Bit did a really terrific job at capturing the feel of what is Day of the Devs, right? Tim, you've been to it down in Frisco, and Greg allowed me to go down there in 2019, and that was a really cool, special moment that I've never experienced in the video game industry. It's so much different. The vibe is totally different than what you see at an E3 or a PAX. It's more intimate. It's more like 
man, I'm this cool hipster in Seattle sipping tea, but I'm talking video games with all these guys with tight pants and glasses on. And like, it's this fun vibe. And Tim and the gang over there really captured that, right? They have games and then dev diaries. Exactly. Cool backyards. (laughs) And like, everybody's wearing these cool button ups and like, everybody's (laughs) talking and got these cool hands. But like, honestly and truly, like, Day of the Devs, this presentation captured all of that feeling for me and like made it fun to watch for an hour long presentation. I think it was a good time. I'm going to give it a B, but I really, really enjoyed what we saw there with the games. And more importantly, I loved seeing the people who make these games and them sharing their passion. Like Andy brought up this guy doing the stop motion game. That's like outrageous. That's insane. And like, if you met that guy, exactly. And if you met that guy, Dave, the devs, you would look at him and be like, dude, I'm about to give you a giant high five and like share the hype with you. Cause this is like weird and cool and fun. And they captured all of that in this online video presentation where nobody can be around each other and share that enthusiasm. And it was so much fun really having a good time. And so I loved day of the devs. I'm so happy. Greg recommended us sit down and watch that. And like yeah. seeing the games with blessing and Andy and Greg, this was really cool. And what those guys and gals created with that online presentation, outstanding. So much fun and showcase the indies and showcase that beloved, you know, game making techniques that all these people are using, which is really cool. Mike, I want to question you there. So you're giving this a B. Everything you're saying sounds extremely glowing and extremely positive. And I, I kind of wonder, there's a question for the panel too. Like when it comes to the indie presentations, do you guys think it's even possible for them to hit that S rank? That. Thanks for asking that, Tim, because I was sitting here waiting my turn. And I was like, man, this is tough because I really enjoyed this. And it feels so weird to rank it against the big dogs, right? The Microsofts, the Jeff Keeleys of like, it almost feels like it has to have a different grade or be in its own echelon there. But like, if we're going good, great, amazing, this was a good time to a great time. And so I think the B to B plus area, an A minus would be probably where it's at, but I, I feel like it should be in its own kind of world here. I, I think presentation wise, it, it can definitely uh, be at the same heights as some of these other conferences. I just think like indie games as a whole, like not every indie game is gonna is gonna hit, and so uh, especially with something like Day of the Devs, where there's so many different types of indie games, um, it, it, it's hard to like have it be like hit after hit after hit after hit also i just wanted to show off uh tim schaefer's backyard which was in uh what andy real was nice about. Backyard. Great, backyard. Yeah, real, real nice backyard, backyard. Great backyard. I, I told yep. greg to make me like hey put us in contact let me see if maybe a little barbecue action over there i'll bring the chips and dip with with hmm. indie games especially i think you get into the place where you're showing off games that are very much for specific groups of people. And so as we were watching, you know, Greg was like, bless, you're going to love a musical story. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, I do. We got to Garden Story and all of us were like, this is a Joey Noel game. And then like 30 minutes later, she comes into chat. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is my kind of game. Greg, give me a code. Um, you know, I like I, it, I think it, it's difficult when we get into like ranking them like this and rating them like this. And of course, they're not made to be rated. They're just made to be watched and enjoyed. And so like to your question, Tim, you know, I don't. I, it's hard for me to imagine what an indie or what a S rank indie showcase would look like. Maybe it's a showcase full of games like 12 Minutes and Cuphead and stuff that knocks us on our ass like that. But I don't think a showcase necessarily needs to be that. You know, as long as as long as it gets the job done and opens people up to new games, like it's done for all of us sitting here. You know, I think it, I I think it did uh, exactly what it needed to do. I think you give them. We have to grade on a curve here, right? When we talk about the big uh, xbox bethesda or whenever the next big sony state of play is when we talk about these big uh publishers 
we want to um i don't know we want to see really cool surprise appearances games we weren't expecting from possibly you know uh ips that we already know right yep. i think we grade these on a curve and david devs for me is an a plus to possibly even an s rank when i think of the amount of games and that's that's just personally not only i think presentation was fucking spot on there was maybe one or two games that could have been let's cut that down by two or three minutes right but other than that i think the presentation was fantastic i always love the job they do hey this next developer they're doing a really cool game and i think it's pretty badass check this out and you know it's it's all because they see all these games and they handpick them and like let's get a good variety in there of not just a variety of games but a variety of good quality games that people are probably going to want to play. And so, yeah, this gets high marks for me because when I look at these, this presentation, I feel this has the biggest percentage of games that I want to play. Um, mm -hmm. There's there mm -hmm. so many things on screen, even a game like we mentioned garden story, which is a Joey Noel ass game still looks cute as hell. And I dabble in that for a bit. I love the art style. It's a pixel art style. It looks fantastic. Loot river was shown here as well. Loot river. Um, kind of is right behind death's door for like the best games that i've seen so far where i am clapping because i'm so impressed by what i'm seeing on screen and um i'm going down the list toem looks fantastic yeah. um musical story the, toem was like the photography game right with like yeah. photography yeah. game yeah this uh, is, this, yeah, that is was uh, cool. this is loot river it's basically a top-down hack and slash with a dash mechanic and you are controlling the platforms he, he mentioned Let's merge Tetris with Hack and Slash. And you are using these sort of platforms you're standing on to place you and get strategic advantages to where you want to maybe attack certain enemies from. It's super clever, and I think it looks like it works really well. Um, and it's just gorgeous. I, I love this sort of... It's pixel art, obviously, but it's obviously 3D models as well, and they have a nice little merging of those styles. Um, so that was Loot River. Phantom Abysses was the first time that I had seen this game, and we had a blast with that. I think that game looks dope. Um, again, that Indiana Jones sort of Ghost Runner, merged Ghost Runner kind of obstacle course. Um, Death's Door is my... I just tweeted, it's my game of the show that's not Elden Ring. Death's Door is straight up just, you know, let's make a 3D version of Hyperlight Drifter, and it is top-down, awesome combat, great style, it's it's kind of everything I want in a video game with a weird ass premise. You are a crow who goes back to the land of the living to reclaim souls that should be in the land of the dead type shit. And it's just like a cool ass uh, concept. Combat looks fantastic. Um, yeah, I just th there's so many games in this list that are things that I would actually want to check out as opposed to you get these big you know, press conference. It's like, well, I'd never play FIFA, but that's there. So good for e for EA. They're going to make a ton of money on that. You know, this one has just so much heart. This, this day of the Dez had so much heart. So shout out to them. That's an A plus for me. Hell yeah. Good shit. Moving on then. <laughs> what a transition. Let's talk about Koch. Koch. I think you mean cock. cock okay. Koch, okay. Coach. I don't, I, I have no, no idea, Koch. man. It's Koch. All right, guys. Hot. Let's talk about yeah. Koch. Straight from Andy's A plus. Let's talk about Koch. Andy, what did you think? It it just didn't seem like they knew what they wanted that what they were kind of getting into. I, you know, while we were watching it, um, Greg kind of mentioned like, look at the kind of funny game showcase. Look at the budget we made that with. 
this is Koch Media. They are a, a large organization with a lot of money. And, you know, again, this is no insult to anybody who was interviewed, but you should not have to be on camera that long when you were trying to showcase games. This was a two hour long conference. This is as bad as it gets. It's an F. Let's just put it out there immediately. Um, but it's a two hour long showcase with approximately seven minutes of gameplay. I don't even know if it was that long. We left about an hour and a half in to go watch other things and would come back and the people were still being interviewed. It became a joke. It became a meme. The only entertainment we had from it was that we were laughing at how bad it was. Um, it became that this movie is so bad that it's funny type thing. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just it's really bizarre. I feel like they had never seen what one of these presentations looks like. This could have this should have just been a YouTube video that gets put out. Um, the thing that's most confusing, though, is that I saw a lot of people from the press mention that they went to a, the Koch Media kind of behind closed doors event and they were shown footage from a lot of different games. And a lot of people on Twitter are like, where was all of that footage that you showed us? Why yeah. is this a two hour long podcast, essentially, with about, you know, uh, maybe eight different developers? It, it's just as, as bad as it can be, I think. This was just a, a real bad misstep. I knew what I was doing. I didn't watch it, but uh, yeah, Andy, I do have a question for you as somebody that did watch it. Uh, was was there? I know the presentation was horrible, but the games that were shown, announcements made. What are your thoughts on on those? Um, Painkiller. <laughs> that was that was a funny moment. You had to be there. To, you had to be there. The the only game I think that kind of mildly interested me was the game by the developers from Ruiner, and I don't quite remember the name. Um, was it the one that looked like Tomb Raider meets uh, Returnal? No, 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 not that one. It, it, it I was think it a... was the one that looked like Bright Memory Infinite. Remember, Bless? Yeah. I think it was yes. that one. That's like the first one. person yeah. stylistic, um, futuristic type shooter. Ruiner is one of uh, a really, really good top down twin stick shooter, cyberpunk style, really badass art style. The, the developer just has a really good eye for what looks good and what's appealing. And I feel like that was one of the few games that I cared about. I, I just forgot so much about it, Tim. I left halfway to bring in my air conditioning unit. It was a mess, dude. Like, I, I wasn't on camera for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> I was listening to the guys talk and make fun of it. But it was, it's just as bad as it could be. Mike? It, it was a big mess. And I might be wrong, and people in the comment section could correct me. But from my understanding going into this is this... Koch Media was part of the Embracer group, which we know is that gigantic umbrella with a bunch of games. And That's they great. came out like the week before of like, hey, our big three, right? Dead Island, Saints Row are not going to be there. Be prepared for this, right? And so the day before, we were introduced to Prime Matter with Jeff Keighley of this brand new publishing branch with 12 different developers under them. And it felt like Embracer group and Koch were like, yo, we got to be a part of this. We got to ride this hype. Let's plant our flag. And they were like, okay, well, what do you want to show? Because we're not going to show these. And they were like, well, we just created a publishing branch. Let's just show off these. And it was just really unfortunate because, like Andy said, this is no disrespect to the publishers and the hard people working hard on those development teams. But, like, this was not thought out well. It seemed like as if you got the call two weeks ago and they were like, let's do this now. Call up all two these hours teams. To and fill. I need them on a Tuesday to interview you. You be there, right? And so it didn't feel right. It was not fun. It was not what E3 is all about. This should have been a blog post, a separate YouTube video, a podcast that could have gone up somewhere else. And, you know, 
the host Opal did a really good job for where she was at. All of the devs that got interviewed, they did their best to sell their games, but this was not it. And it was very unfortunate. So yeah, this is a big F. This is something that we'll look back on and always meme about and laugh about. And it is unfortunate because it's a brand new publishing branch, Prime Matter, that will always have their name rubbed in the mud because of this. These developers hopefully will be forgotten about and then can come out with cool games and wow us. But like this weekend, that was not their weekend. And that's Tim, all we'll remember. One of the first things they showed was and kind of reveal that Kingdom Come Deliverance is coming to Switch. And then they talked about the Kingdom Come Deliverance brand of soap and the board game like they that's something that they thought was worth talking about and they talked to this gentleman nice dude looked like the final evolution of someone like mike gigantic red beard but they talked to him for about i don't know 20 minutes or something like that just way too long so long yeah. yeah um the game i was thinking of was final form uh final form they uh, again barely had any footage but the footage that is there because a lot of it is them talking to the devs but the footage that is there just looks really sleek and cool futuristic cyberpunk dope ass kind of uh motion graphics and cool logos and words then they talked to the dude about dolman for about 48 minutes <laughs> and it's a, it was a, it was a mess dude bless yeah no this it was a mess like i, I i'm i'm gonna set at a, at a d d minus for it it was very boring. It was very unnecessary. It was a conference that or a presentation that didn't need to happen. It felt very much like they they got that slot on the calendar for an E three presentation, and they they Koch Media knew that they wanted to have Prime Matter take over that slot, but they wanted the the announcement to happen at on Keeley stage because that would be the hype thing, and then the next day they'll have the Prime Matter thing do the whole breakdown. And that was just a pure mistake because what happens when you do that is that you announce this new publishing label. This publishing label doesn't have any fans because nobody knows what, the pub what knows what this publishing label is. When your biggest games are Painkiller and uh, Payday 3. Payday 3. You know, like, Payday 3 is a popular game. Or Payday, I should say. The Payday franchise is a popular game. Payday 3 isn't enough to be the tentpole of this long ass stream you're doing and then when the stream itself is just so badly edited and uh, uh way too long and boring it is mostly conversations with the developers and doesn't have gameplay especially for games that you're talking about seem to be years into development if you don't have if you if you don't have gameplay show cinematic if you don't have cinematic show concept art if you don't have concept art talk about the game for maybe a minute and peace out you don't have to do these long interviews for games that we don't know what they look like that's the biggest problem, Bless. That's the biggest problem I have with it. You know, we, it's as if they thought that they were forced to do two hours. You don't have to do two yeah. hours, dude. You like, don't have to do this period. Like the, when you get into the, the, a lot of the interviews with the developers felt like they took six minutes to talk about what could have been a two paragraph or maybe even one paragraph in a lot of cases blog post. They all they asked all the developers like oh yeah what's the what what kind of game is it you know we'll we'll use one of the first developers as an example they asked okay what kind of game are you working on what are your influences they basically took minutes to describe the game as a survival horror game yeah that is that is all that he said is it that hey this is a survival horror game I like games like Resident Evil two and other survival survival horror games they said that in maybe three to four minutes and then they kept going and talking about things that didn't need to be talked about they could have wrapped that up in a very short blog post they could have written one blog post that was a one paragraph blurb of each of these games and gotten that information across in a way better way than the uh, than a two-hour stream that not that many people were tuning into and just didn't do the games any justice the only reason why this isn't why this isn't an f for me is that it wasn't necessarily offensive 
Uh, it was just really boring and long, and it, it had no purpose. Um, and so I'm going to sit at a D, D minus. I do also want to point out that the, um, that I guess the pushback from our uh, anger and annoyance with it, it, you know, people saying like, look, they're, they're showcasing the devs. They're just kind of giving them the limelight. And we've seen that done so much better in so many other different ways. But also when, when Sony and uh, Mark Cerny are going to have their little video state of play thing, and explicitly saying this is going to be about the tech and hardware. Do not expect announcements. Here's what you're going to get. And that's exactly what we got. And we were prepared for it. Were we kind of let down? Sure. But yeah, like, I mean, we and, knew what we were getting. The thing with this. Said earlier, like somebody, uh, I think it was Mike that mentioned, like, you know, Koch Media came out and they're like, hey, don't expect Saints Row. Don't expect time slitters. When you say that, you still have us like, okay, cool, but we can expect things on that level. And the answer is no. You know, don't expect anything. Like yeah. They should have said. Hey, like the thing is, you don't <laughs> do you don't do this after day of the devs and have Jeff Keeley attached to it. This is yeah. got to be a fifteen minute thing, just to kind of put your name out there. Look, Prime Matter is brand new. We are a part of Coke Media. We are handling publishing for all of these. We're a label, right? We're handling publishing publishing for a lot of these cool devs. Check them out. Here's a couple snippets. Uh, Greg and Tim, here's how you all should make this kind of funny game showcase have all of these games kind of like, here's 30 seconds on this. This is a brand new game from blah, blah, blah. Cool fucking footage. A dev maybe having a couple of blurbs. Bam, we're at, in and out. 15 minutes max. This does not to be need to be two hours. That's a that's a feature length movie, everybody. <laughs> that is a feature length movie. Yeah, no, that is that is insane. And feature like movies that we complain about being too long. <laughs> but anyways, that's in review. That's a different show. Go check it out. Uh, but now let's move on to the first of today's Gorilla Collective. We were a part of Gorilla Collective last year. We hosted it. We edited it. Uh, we didn't have too much of a hand in producing, if any at all. But uh, now we had nothing to do with this one. You guys watched it. What did you think? Mike, let's start with you. Yo, this was a blast. This was a great way to start off the morning. This was one of those on our list of like the 8 a.m. time slot. Do we really want to live react? Do we want to wake up for early for this? And I am happy that I rose my hand and blessing in Joey were into reacting with me because this is another one. I'm not the biggest indie guy. I've slowly but surely tried new games thanks to different services like we brought up before. But I'm not the big indie guy. And when I watched this, I had so much fun. And from a presentation value it started off with some really hot beats. It had some really cool graphics that we got to see. And it came in with two hosts that had the energy, that had the fun, that shared the enthusiasm for video games. And it started off strong, right? We hit some really cool indie games that I'm going to remember for a long time with Fire Girl. And then one, if Bear could show, is Hunt the Night. This is one that I think Andy, he likes the uh, Death's Door one. I think he's really going to like this one. This is a cool retro-style action-adventure game top-down hack-and-slash, and it looks like Bloodborne slash Dark Souls demastered, like the dummy or mummy demastered. And this game was red hot. And to see more of these indie games like Loot River and then, of course, Unmetal, which we'll talk about, is a really funny-looking game right there that's kind of a satire on what we've seen before. This was a really good uh, conference. This was a fun way to start the Saturday morning and a really cool way to see some indies that I didn't know about. And that's what I enjoyed so much about day of the devs. That's what I enjoy about this and the wholesome direct that we'll talk about next is like, this was cool to see some games that you don't oh, know about. Fire. And like, mm -hmm. this yeah. is hunt. 
if you're watching right now, this is Hunt the Knights right here. So it says, plunge into a retro-style action-adventure game that combines a fast-skilled gameplay with dark fantasy and lore. Play as Vesper, a virtuous member of the Stalkers, and explore the vast world of Mid-Arm, filled with ruins and horrors. And this is the game where it's just like, it catches your eye, the gameplay is fast in your face, and it's just like, I want to try this, I want to play this, and I'm so interested in this now that they showed it to me and so yeah i had a really good time with the gorilla collective another one that's on my list of course me being the multiplayer guy is ramen right this is a weird game it looks like splatoon oh, yeah. with like yoked dudes and gals wearing cooking aprons and chucking meatballs out of a soup pot with each other and it's like what is this weird game and it's like that's the kind of stuff that you sign up for when you go and check out these indies like you want to see these weird games. You want to be wowed. And this game caught my eye right away of like, look at this dirty meatball that they're pushing around a map trying to get into a hole. And I love that. I thought it was fun. I thought it was weird. And I can't wait to check this out with my friends. And like, this is the kind of stuff where you see these indies and like, you want to share that. You want to talk about that. Like Andy's done with Death's Door. It's like, yo, y'all seen this ramen game? Because this looks crazy. This looks fun. And I'm interested in it. And so I really enjoyed that. And my final one I want to bring up I know Roger, I would do a disservice I didn't do it for him, is Blooming Business Casino. This is a really cool design-your-own-casino sim in a world of animals, and you have to control the casino and figure out how you're going to play it, how you're going to make sure the house always wins. And this is that art style that catches you, and I love these simulation games from City Skylines to The Sims, Jurassic Park, World Builder. Like This looks cool, and this looks fun, especially being up in Lake Tahoe. I'm all about the casino, so I loved this. This caught my eye right away. So what would you give, Gorilla? So after talking about Day of the Devs and where I put that, I'm going to give Gorilla a B for me. I really liked the presentation. There was a couple of moments where I thought maybe the music was too loud on the production side, overcasting the hosts, but this was a great way to wake up. And for an indie showcase, this is a solid good time, so I'm going to give it a solid B. Before we move on from there, let me tell you about our sponsors. Killer dude really has a good uh, take on games and like indie games are his love in yeah. his life. And so I, I'm really stoked that Gorilla's becoming a, a mainstay of E3. Uh, Tim, don't we do the sponsors live? No, not for the podcast. Okay. That work for you? Yeah, we, we did it last we, time. We did it live uh, the last couple of days since this is public for people. Oh. Yeah. Well, then let's do it. Check <laughs> out our sponsors. This show is brought to you by Honey. We all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field on us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online that range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Kind of funny, loves honey. Tim Geddes tells you all the time to click that dang honey button. It saved him and many of us here at Kind of Funny plenty of money when we use honey. 
Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something we don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. We're also brought to you by FitBod. Getting caught up in the same workout routine can get tiring. Don't get stuck doing the same workouts. Making progress towards the future you means overcoming new challenges. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjusts to how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. No workout is one size fits all. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts to you, so you stay challenged with new exercises, pacing, and intensity based on where you are and where you want to be. Kind of funny knows FitBod well. Gia and Tim's friend Danny uses it religiously. FitBod understands that the path to achieving your best looks different for everyone. FitBod creates a program based on your unique body, experience, and environment. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your last workout to maximize your results. Whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. FitBod workouts are balanced to avoid overworking muscles with varied exercises to keep you sharp. No equipment? No worries. FitBod has bodyweight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. FitBot is super easy to use and even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. It integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava. Personalized training can be tough on a budget, but FitBot is only $9.99 a month. That's $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Sign up now and you'll get 25% off your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBot today and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash kfgames. That's 25% off at fitbod.me slash kfgames. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Canva. Listen, design is hard. I'm talking about art design. Even making thumbnails in Photoshop can be hard for me sometimes, but that's why I'm excited to tell you about Canva. Kind of funny loves Canva. Tim Geddes himself says that it's super dope and easy to use. Makes all different kind of design stuff. You just pick the styles you like and it does all the work. Super helpful for creators. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or you're just getting started, Canva Pro can help you boost you and your team's productivity and creativity. It's a quick, easy, and affordable way to design whatever you need. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. One of my favorite Canva features is how you can stay on brand, preset your brand's fonts, colors, and logo for a unified look across all designs. There's no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. Whether you're like me struggling to make video thumbnails, or you're an entrepreneur, or even a crafty mom, design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kf games to get your free 45 day extended trial that's c-a-n-v-a dot m-e slash kf games canva dot me slash kf games and we're back we totally nailed those ads the first time without any mistakes <laughs> at all let's move right on to wholesome direct 
another one that was only just bless Mike and oh, Joey Noel. I didn't even, I didn't give it a grade. And Roger. For, I didn't even oh, give did, a grade. Wait, yeah, you, I didn't even give a grade either. I wanted to talk oh, about Oh, shit, my bad. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mike whoa, whole damn thing. Huh? Were you on it? No, but I mean, I, I, I watched it, I guess. I mean, I was on it. I mean, yeah, only great stuff if you watched it. Did you watch it, Andy? <laughs> I, I I wasn't gonna give it a grade, but I was gonna say great collection of games because I just fast forwarded, mm-hmm. so I, I was gonna do the thing blessed did where like with day of the devs he wasn't there for the end of it. I didn't see any of the presentation side of things. I was kind of skipping through all that shit. But great collection of games. Mike already pointed out that one uh, Bloodborne ish looking game that was pretty neat. Akatori also looks really cool as shit. Cool pixel art style. I'm a sucker for really good pixel art. Um, and uh, I'm surprised Mike didn't like Robo Dunk. Uh, that's I, fine. Yeah, I try, I try to keep it minimal, Andy, because I don't want to take up too much time. But yeah, RoboDunk's hot. RoboDunk be that's looking fine. hot. Sable also is just one of my most anticipated. Sable Sable's has everywhere, man. Kind of. Sable, yeah, Sable's another one of well, those I mean, games. It's, it's also been everywhere for like the last five years, I feel. <laughs> uh, it's just always in every presentation. It's got a really dope art style. It's going to be this sort of peaceful exploration game. Uh, solving puzzles, which is never my forte, but it just seems like a chill kind of you know put on some lo-fi beats and just kind of vibe out so it looks dope as hell uh severed steel looks pretty sick too that's very ghost runner style shooting game kind of uh uh what's the vr game i'm thinking of uh uh, super hot is the name of the game i was thinking of hot uh yeah it's a cool show but again i I skip past all the narration and all the ghost runner stuff in this one there I i mean no they just kind of announced that it's coming to next gen consoles but they just showed it, and they just showed all like, yeah, this game's dope. Look at all the scores, nine out of tens everywhere. That's kind of all they showed. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, I I didn't say this earlier, but Andy just said something that I'm like, you know what? I think it's worth bringing it up. When I was talking about the grading uh, and like indie presentations and like, can they ever get an S tier? I think the level of familiarity is something that we need. So we we're expecting something based on an established IP, whether it is you know something where it's a partnership we don't expect, like The Legend of Zelda, Cadence of Hyrule type thing where it's an indie game but it's with zelda or if it's a bigger thing like you know a ninja turtle shredder's revenge like that type of stuff can take these indie games to that next level but i do think that the unique thing that indie games have for them is when they are shown over the last couple years at a bunch of different events they can earn that type of familiarity so it's like Oh shit, Hollow Knight Silk Song, right? It's like oh we're, we're looking forward to it. And I guess that one, that's already an established thing where, like, once we're getting a sequel or DLC, it's like there's expectations. But seeing these games over a couple of years and at multiple events a year, as long as there's yeah, new information, I, I, I think that's, yeah, Tunic is definitely one. But like, I think a key thing is show something new, have some new answer to a question we've been asking. And if you don't have that, then it's not really necessarily worth it. But I do think that that's how indie games kind of go from just being another indie game to like something people are looking forward to. So that when it comes out, we're like, oh, we got to review that. It becomes you know, we established gotta... IP. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But anyways, bless, what do you think? Yeah, this one was a B for me. You know, I really enjoyed this one. I thought I thought they did a fantastic job, fantastic um, editing on the presentation, which has been, I think, a thing that 
has really separated a lot of these. When you talk about bad editing, you're talking about um, the um, Koch Media presentation that we got yesterday. But I think this is an example of, hey, yeah, like go, move on to the next thing. Show what needs to be shown. Get us the info we want to know and show us cool stuff. And this was the the press the uh, uh, presentation we've gotten so far where I have wish wish listed the most things. You know, I'm looking at my GG app right now. We've already named some of them, but yeah, Robodunk looks really cool. Uh, Still, Mike Mike mentioned Fire Girl. That's one that I have here. Unmetal is another one I got a shout out, which is basically a, an old school Metal Gear uh, parody kind of game where they take that same game gameplay and turn it into comedy, and you're getting into these fun weird situations that looked really awesome. Um, there's BPM uh, Bullets Per Minute. Uh, which looks really cool as well and then demon turf which is another one that had a really cool art style uh, a lot of good games there really good presentation i'm always excited to see uh more from gorilla collective and barrett's pull it up here if you're watching the video version of this, this looks awesome um, yeah it has that exact metal gear thing and the funny thing is I, I i didn't realize because we're streaming and we're talking doing all these things i didn't realize until halfway through that it was 1000 percent like just making fun of metal gear and so you Parody, get into yeah. stuff oh yeah yeah yeah, and you get into the stuff and you get into the text dialogue where they're making jokes and they're being super stupid. And it's, it's the kind of thing that I want to play. Like, I, I, I uh, uh, really want to check this out when it comes out. Cool. Moving on then, finally, officially, now that Andy will allow me to. Yeah. We're moving okay. on to Wholesome Direct, which is another one. Andy, did you? Let's start with you. Okay, sir. Was not here. Was not mm. here. But thank mm. you for asking me mm. first, Tim. Appreciate mm. you asking me first. Thank you. Good. Let's jump to you, Bless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one was awesome. Like, I had fun watching it, even though I think entirely this one wasn't necessarily aimed at me as a player. You know, I I I like watching trailers for wholesome and cozy games more than I enjoy uh, actually Same. playing them. <laughs> yeah, like there's something about watching the trailer and hearing the like the, the chill beats to vibe to and all that stuff. Where I'm like, yeah, this game is really cool and like it's really cute and all this stuff. And I never end up playing them, but. Uh, I think as a presentation, you know, you know, it was really awesome. They had awesome hosts. Uh, they had awesome, uh, again, awesome editing. And all the games they showed for the group that we were that we were with, I think usually somebody was like, "Oh, this seems cool," or "Oh, I want to try this out." Usually it was Joey Noel being like, "Oh, this has a cat." And I think that speaks to speaks to uh, uh, that 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 spoke to that audience very well. Uh, and so for that, like, I almost don't want to give it a grade. In fact, I'm not going to give it a grade. Um, but I will I will say it was very good. Mike. Okay. I'm on the I'm actually gonna give it a grade. I'm gonna give it my best grade out of all the indies with a B plus because I really, really enjoyed this. It was a perfect way to start off the morning. And there's one where I wish I got cozy underneath the blankets and on the couch and really sat back and relaxed. We were live reacting to it, but the presentation, all of the assets that they used, I thought it really hit the mark of what I expected going in. And I had so much fun. This is where we did find out that Blessing hates cats. And it was God, crazy it. because there was so many <laughs> cats. Cat and Blessing was all over it. But I will say... <laughs> Choose your words wisely there, bro. It was, so, it was so good. It was a great time. It was a chill time. And Bear brought it up earlier. You have Bird Problems, which is a sitcom narrative game about an awkward and anxious canary, which we all saw. That's how it started off the show. We were like what is this? And they had the sitcoms 90s laughter in the background. And it was so much fun to kick off the show with something like this. And then it kept <laughs> moving. It moved on to a little to the left, which I think we all identified with, especially being in quarantine for the past year where we want to have everything in our house 
perfect because we're sick of staring at it. We're getting the OCD. And a little to the left is that weird organizing game where they're going to put you with puzzles. You just got to make it perfect. Just like unpacking is right. And I'm really excited about that one. Another one that caught my eye was Spirit Swap. Lo-Fi Beats to Match 3-2 is the title of that. And that had like hot witchy demons that reminded me of Hades and a soundtrack that was definitely going to make me bob my head and zone out when I needed it the most. It gave Skatebird a release date of August 12th. And that's a big deal to me because this is the game, like you said, Tim, of like these indie games and like the years that they've gone to these different conferences and you keep an eye on them. And like Skatebird's been something near and dear to my heart. And I can't wait for it to finally release. We get a release date of August 12th and it's like, Heck yeah, like, here we go. We finally get to get our hands on Skatebird. And the final one, that blessing, one final joke at you, big dog. He hated the most was uh, Pico, which is a blend tea and friendship in a flavorful world of Pico, a cozy cat-filled tea-making simulator about taking the time for self-care and connecting with what makes you happy. And I really just liked the vibe of it. These are the things where we talk about the indies, right? They're not in your mainstream big Xbox presentations or Sony or Nintendo. They're in like that little, the little indie block. And so you don't get to see them enough. And I like doing the deep dives. I've like giving them 90 seconds to two minutes or more to see it and really resonate with you. And so for me, this wholesome direct, I'm going to give a B plus. I think this was my favorite indie block that we had. And it was so much fun to watch. I do, I do want to uh, bounce off that a little bit because I think Stoic Mike made me eat my words a little bit there. The bird sitcom, I definitely do want to play. That game looks <laughs> really fantastic. And then also, uh, just a little to the left, is that the name of the game where you're organizing yes. things on the wall? That uh-huh. game also looked really fun as well. And so that's one that, if it comes to Switch, I'm going to be playing that before bedtime. Greg was absolutely losing his shit over um, uh, something Valley. I, I just had it here. Oh, here we go. Moonglow Bay. Moonglow Bay is what oh, he was yes. really excited mm-hmm. about. Uh, kind of a stardew valley-esque i'm gonna own a shop and kind of manage inventory and plant some things and all that cute shit uh he was really stoked about that game i do want to point out that there were two games in the presentation one game called soup pot with absolutely beautiful food and amazingly like artistically rendered you know uh meals and there's another game called Hot Pot for One, which is another kind of cooking game with similar 3D rendered food. And they both look delicious. Um, And again, there's just like such a nice level of artistry to a lot of games in these indie conferences. I was actually I was on mic for about this. uh, No, not on mic, Snowbike Mike. I was on the microphone, not on camera for about the second half of this wholesome direct and it was, I, I kind of regretted not waking up for it. I wanted, I found like comfort just kind of hanging out with y'all, seeing these cute ass games with just, it's just chill vibes nonstop. Uh, so a couple of comments I want to shout out in the chat that I'm seeing in regards to Skatebird. Tom absolutely says, what if Tony Hawk was a hawk? Oh, Which is great. Can I but say? Then, but then forever Joe replies, tiny hawk. Oh God! Really Can you God. imagine That's they just really called this game Tiny Hawk Pro Skater? It what about amazing. Bob a Bird Quest? Oh, oh damn! Damn, damn. Is so good, Andy. Oh, Come on, man. baby! I'm just man. getting started, man. I want to yeah. DM into the window, Margera. <laughs> oh, you're so good, bro. Wow. Dark. <laughs> I don't know who it was while we were watching this. Either it was Kevin or Andy or someone that was on live with us. Was like, 
what if they added the next element to this where it was like a bird watching simulator where you find these exotic birds oh, and if me, you yeah. find them then they become your skater and you can show off and flex on people like oh you see this cockatoo i got like you don't <laughs> got this it's right. it's like, you can have we, a cockatoo. we really loved that that it, was a cool idea like, it could be like the rare animals that you find in animal crossing when you invite them to your island it's like dude you have so and so what the fuck i've been looking for that dude forever like you could kind of have oh, the rare it. parrots or whatever i think that'd be pretty neat a little cool cute parakeets that's so funny uh okay moving on to the the first big conference of e3 itself ubisoft i would say the biggest one before this was summer game fest kickoff live but now we're getting to some of the big dogs ubisoft forward e3 2021 i want to start off here i'm going to give this one a a very 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 solid c plus i don't think it is bad enough to say that it was a c or below i don't think it was quite good enough to get a b or above so i'm giving it the c plus because i think it answered a lot of questions we had about a lot of upcoming games i like that ubisoft has such a varied lineup of of content in their ecosystem because as i was saying uh during our live reaction to that show i really love that unlike any other third party Ubisoft has an ecosystem. We talk about the Xbox ecosystem. We talk about the Sony ecosystem, Nintendo ecosystem. Ubisoft has that. And that includes things that are like TV shows and movies and mobile games and things that we typically and traditionally don't really like want to be seeing in our E3 conferences. But I think that they've kind of found a good way to, to do that and move on. It's not like the PlayStation conferences of... 2013 or whatever where they're talking about powers for way too long or the xbox the tv show or uh the xbox one disaster uh talking about all that tv stuff and not focusing on the games i thought this was good in that they're focusing on the games through and through they're focusing on the developers ubisoft has some of the most talented teams in the industry worldwide you know and i think that that is something they do better than any other group we've seen is really focus on the worldwide nature you hear these uh developers speak and there's accents you know there's 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 perspective that is a little bit off the beaten path that we don't really get to see a lot in these presentations. And I appreciate that because that comes through in the games that they're they're showing. And them branding Ubisoft Originals as a thing, I think gives them a, a little bit of a a pride and a seal of quality that they they want to attach to the games. And while there's a ton of games we didn't see here, I think Ubisoft's done a good enough job, or not enough, a good job um, over the last year of turning forward into a platform that we understand expectations for. We know that this isn't the end-all be-all it's going to be not the only event they're going to have this year they're going to have three or four of these a year and because of that i think that means that we're not going to get bangers all the way through answers to every question we have so i think that we're not ever going to get an s rank ubisoft conference again if we ever have um but i i do think that they did a good job we got some release dates for things i think we got a couple of release dates that are sooner than expected and we got reminded that yeah there's a lot of ubisoft games we're looking forward to and this is one of those rare cases where the omissions are also interesting because it's not a, oh man, where the hell was Prince of Persia or Beyond Good and Evil or this or that. The, another Ubisoft forwards right around the corner and there's going to keep being them. So I, I feel like it kind of lessens the, the sting of the things that weren't there. Having said that, there wasn't really a banger moment. There wasn't anything that I was like, oh man, this is worth talking about in competition quote unquote with the other shows around it there wasn't a oh wow moment seeing avatar i mean hey they announced avatar before we got a little bit more cg of it and like it being massive is really exciting and there's there's aspects of it that are really cool but 
really all the avatar thing did was get me even more excited for the star wars project they're doing thousand percent um i i'm right there with you tim i think that they did a solid job and i think the way that it was presented didn't make me feel annoyed that quarantine was on screen for too long because we've had past c3s where even a game that i'm enjoying you get to the point where it's like okay enough like let's move on to the next thing this is totally fine but I think the manner in which these games are being presented, where this wasn't a, I think maybe if it was on a main stage with a huge crowd, I might have felt that kind of, all right, dude, enough of the quarantine. We've seen enough of this game. Let's move on to the next thing. It felt for some reason okay here. So I wasn't too bothered by the length of how, you know, how long quarantine was on screen for. And the game looked cool, and I'm interested in that. I think, again, the big banger moment would have been the avatar moment but if if again if it were star wars we all would have been super stoked but nobody mm-hmm. cares about avatar hey uh, man max Scoville is still out there man he's still <laughs> holding strong the uh the entire avatar fan base you know yeah for sure for sure and he was stoked and i know that for a fact i i guess when it when it comes down to it i don't know if there are any super fans of avatar that are losing their shit over this in the gaming space right but the game looked gorgeous, and again, hopefully next year at this point, it might be the Star Wars game. Maybe we get a little sneak peek of that, and I'll think, I think that'll be the big, huge moment that we weren't expecting. Mario plus Rabbids, it was already kind of leaked beforehand, so that wasn't too much of a surprise. Um, but the game looked cool. I'm not going to play it, but I think it looked really dope. Cool art style. Oh, Andy, you got to play um, it, man. They're so good. I just don't, I don't play strat games like that. Um, uh, Ubisoft, or Far Cry Villains, rather, wasn't expecting that at all kind of weird i don't i doubt i'll play that as well i usually don't play or dive into their dlc offerings uh but they did mention that in the season pass you get far cry 3 blood dragon not remastered nothing like that you just get the game which was kind of weird because i was not weird. sure where that far cry 3 thing Very was weird. going uh where the blood dragon hint was going um of course you got to see just dance i think riders republic might have been my favorite thing of the show <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. along with extraction um and so yeah i would give it a a b minus c plus um nothing too crazy but again nothing too overly offensive that you're kind of just like god damn dude you've been on just dance for 14 minutes now nothing Mm -hmm. like that so um yeah i think it it gets a pretty decent mark for me now uh andy actually you saying that i i take back what i said i give it a b minus i go to b minus because i do think the mario rabbits thing like the leak was like shitty and unfortunate timing and it was nintendo and it, hours before and it's like if they didn't that would have caught it kind of caught us by uh surprise we've surprise, yeah. we've hoped for this but like to be honest like i didn't i know the game sold well i know that everyone loved it but i didn't know that we were ever going to get another one and There's let alone no another one it looks kind of really cool and like kind of like it's really a step up from what we got last time so with that it's like good on you guys you had a, a pretty good moment here bless go for it yeah, I thought I thought the uh, Ubisoft forward was overall uh, really good. Um, it's interesting looking at it in context of E3 because I think, Tim, to your point, they've done a good job of building our expectation of what Ubisoft forward is. 
I feel like this is exactly on par with the Ubisoft forwards we've gotten. They have some revisiting on some games they already know exist, some new details, some dates, some, uh, 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 you know, all the stuff that we, that we want to know about stuff we already know, but then also a few surprises here and there. This is very standard for Ubisoft Forward. In fact, very good for Ubisoft Forward. It being aligned with E3 kind of puts it in this weird place because I almost feel weird. I feel weird judging it compared to something like Summer Games Fest kickoff and other E3 things because... This didn't feel like an E3 showcase. They just this just felt like a Ubisoft Ford showcase. And is that as that, I think it's solid. Uh, you know, we got Rainbow Six Extraction with a launch date and a gameplay breakdown, and I'm very excited for it. You know, I think that uh that is a task in itself, you know, getting people hyped for this game that we've known nothing about aside from it being delayed and it having to change name. And for them to kind of give us the breakdown and turn it into this thing where I think all of us were watching and we're like, oh, yeah, like either like we range from being like, I'll try this out to being excited for it. I think uh, that's a great thing. All of the Rainbow Six Siege elements you see in it had me excited. It having like the um, environment destruction, similar operators, or in fact, a lot of the same times, same operators uh, as Rainbow Six Siege, turning that into a PvE thing, I think super smart and it's going to be really great mechanically because Rainbow Six Siege is really great mechanically. I think that's a super awesome thing. They spent a lot of time on Rocksmith Plus, which doesn't speak to me, but hearing you guys talk about it, like hearing Tim, you know, bring up certain things about it, uh, had me like, oh yeah, this seems like a very impressive thing. And I know that's going to speak to a certain audience because Ubisoft has, has this good thing that they got going nowadays, which is different games for different, different sorts of audiences. Um, I'm with Andy also that Riders Republic was one of the things I liked the most out of the presentation. And I've been hyping up, like I, I've been hyped for Riders Republic since they, since they announced it. But uh, this, this time around, I think showing off the gameplay, the way they did going, giving us even deeper glimpse, glimpses into the, the type of things we're going to be doing. Uh, I thought that, I thought they did that really well. And then uh, I think there was one more thing I wanted to shout out and scroll through time. here. Oh yeah, Avatar as like the pop as like the surprise <laughs> again. Didn't do much for didn't do much for me personally, but I'm happy that they finally announced it. Happy that we're finally seeing it again. Cool to see that they're actually actively working on it. And I'm I know that there are probably a few people that are getting hyped about that. And so good on them for that. I think overall for me it's a solid B. I do want I do want to make two more points before Mike gets in there. The um the differentiating what Rainbow Six Extraction is going to be from a lot of the other zombie shooters is what was really important to me because it really seemed like you're not going to be running and gunning in here all right this is going to be strategic you're going to have to be really chill and cooperative and coordinated with your teammates and i think doing that and kind of setting it apart and saying this isn't just run and gun throwing grenades left and right this seems like they are trying to put this in a in a different area so hey you may enjoy back for blood for all that chaos but what if you want a more strategic sort of a you know angle towards this these zombies or whatever they whatever the hell they're going to call them so i think that was really cool and then uh, just one more thing on avatar it, it wasn't necessarily the avatar announcement it was the way this snowdrop engine looks and what the future possibilities of the next star wars games and or division games can look like um because i ended up re-watching the trailer on just youtube without over discord and stuff and I think there are a lot of enhancements to just how the lighting looks and the foliage and everything. It looks like what a next-gen game should look like. So, um, so yeah. I, I'm my pretty excited too, about the prospect. My thing that. with the Avatar game also is that, like, you know, I don't really care about Avatar. I'll play a game. You know, my friends are playing it, and people are saying that it's good. I'll for sure check this out. And it coming out of Ubisoft Massive has me kind of excited because 
we know that they're good at, at making video games. They're also 100%. working on the Star Wars video game. This game looks like it's going to be beautiful. And so if it comes out and it's incredible, that's another great game for me to play. Yeah, you guys said everything that I would say here. I'm actually probably kind of, everybody kind of doing... funny just agrees with each other. Yeah, man. I, well, I'm actually the one who you know what? The I take it all back. It. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna give this a C. I'm gonna give this just a middle of the road average. Meh, could have been skippable, right? And I think Blessing has said it so well of like, you do need to understand what this Ubisoft forward is, right? It's Ubisoft forward. Yes, it's attached to E3, but this is their thing that they're going to continue to ride out. And I think just being attached to E3, you expect more, right? And I think that's where I came from. These are games that I've been hyped for Riders Republic since day one. This game should have already been in our hands. We should have been ripping down the slopes already. And I'm always <laughs> on the search for the next Amped, the next SSX, those next extreme games. But like, honestly, I it's hard for me to get rehyped for the game that I've already been hyped for for so long. I don't need to see more. I want this in my hands now. On the flip side, Far Cry, man, did we bust our load maybe a week too early with the full Far Cry breakdown, right? Because this felt like we watched a CGI cutscene with Gene Carlo, and it was just like, well, that was skippable. You know, that didn't add yeah. anything to my excitement for this. And when I break down this, it was just kind of a eh, conference. You know what I mean? You could have skipped that, caught it on the YouTube or the IGNs, and you would have been just fine. But I, I do like where they've been going. And this is the team, when we rewind 365 days and we talk about the Xbox 2020 initiative and how they gave up about halfway through with these online presentations and online blog posts, Ubisoft has stayed committed just like the state of plays to these Ubisoft forwards and they continue to grow and get better and the production value goes up. So I will give them points for that. But like when you're attached to E3, this was just an average conference. Really quick. I just want to bring up just cause I, I think this conference really only had, uh, had the one thing that I was like really, really interested today uh, besides the, you know, death store and stuff that Andy's been talking about. Uh, just shout out to the Assassin's Creed segment, just cause I, I don't know if that's up any of your wheelhouses of like being interested in it. And I just wanted to shout out like what they showed of like what the future stuff uh, that they want to do in the, uh, the black box and uh, kind of missions. I'm trying to find the footage for that, but I, I think I I'm more committed to them not moving on immediately. <laughs> like, yeah, and, I, and I think that's honestly cool. That. Like, you know, like uh, Kevin and Greg were super into Odyssey and they got like a couple of years of content uh, out of that game. And I, I'm glad that they're kind of keeping that pace for the series of like, all right, well, here's our big game. And you know, for a lot of people, it's going to be way too long, but the people who are really into it, like here, here's some more stuff to, to keep you coming back uh the the i haven't gone back to wrath of the druids was the first dlc but the stuff that they showed today got actually got me like really excited and kind of itching to go back so uh shout out to to that little segment i wasn't really expecting anything assassin's creed related especially since wrath of the druids like just came out so that was cool to go back to mike's point uh talking about far cry real quick i think this presentation probably did more for making me a little bit less excited for far cry like you know the what we got out of Far Cry a few weeks ago when we got the actual Far Cry presentation, you know, did a good job of breaking it down, introducing us to the area, introducing us to the villain, introducing us to the the main character and the mission and all that stuff. Uh, this one was just a cutscene, and it was the cutscene in third person. And my main takeaway was, man, kind of weird to have this cutscene with this villain in third person as opposed to what we're used to in Far Cry, which is having Voss get all up in your face or having uh, uh, whatever the villain, whatever the main villain is, get all get all up in your face and having it be this intimate experience between you and the villain. 
them showing off this cutscene, I feel like was kind of a weird move. And I and I wonder like if it feels like they were like, okay, cool, we have Far Cry. Far Cry is one of our bigger titles, so it has to be in the forward, and so we had to show something. And I wonder if, if maybe they should have just held off on showing anything for Far Cry, including the presentation, had a a like a banger trailer here and then post you know, Ubisoft Forward, then give us the big Far Cry six breakdown. Cause the way they the way they've set it up now, I feel like just didn't make as much sense in terms of, hey, here's a bunch of Far Cry shit. All right, Ubisoft Forward, here's a little bit more Far Cry shit, and then Far Cry three villains and all or Far Cry villains and all the other stuff. I I just feel like it was organized in a weird way. I yeah. I, I kind of get what you're saying. I, I, I appreciate that they showed a, a cutscene, though, because they had talked about how they wanted to make your character uh, in this upcoming game like an actual like character and like flesh them out a little bit. So I, I did like that we get, got a little bit more of a moment to actually feel that out and see how they were going to change it up for this one. But I, I, I do see what you're getting, though, uh, getting at, though. Mm-hmm. The, the, something about the presentation and the... I, I think they wanted this to be this sort of moment to show off not only what the game can look like in a cutscene, but how imposing Giancarlo Esposito is going to be. And I just wasn't really impressed. And that that's kind of a bummer. As yeah. Like I didn't work, I didn't think it would work on either, on either front. Yeah. Um, something about the performance just seemed kind of off. The facial capture wasn't, you know, per, as good as it could have been, I, I feel. And uh, I th- yeah, that kind of did make me less excited. Go ahead, Mike. Mike? Uh, another one to think about as well. It's like, Will we or will most likely see this at Xbox tomorrow as well, right? And are we going to be burnt out already on Far Cry? Is this going to come on? And are we going to be like, oh, my God, like more Far Cry? I think the beginning of the villains uh, thing, the season pass trailer, like it opens up with an Xbox logo as well. So I feel like we're going to see even more of it tomorrow. So that's a good point, Mikey. And then one final one of like, yo, Ubisoft, where the heck is Roller Champions? Right. It's odd that we've moved into this and we have not heard or seen anything about that. And I know we put out the statement beforehand, but like when we think of this, we had Hyperscape last year that was hot for like three weeks and then never was heard from again. We talked about this microtransactions growing in the market of like where you're at. And that's this game that's going to be Roller Champions hot for a month. And everybody's going to spend those microtransactions and then dump out of it is what we're looking at riders republic are they trying not to overlap this monetary gain and riders republic and then roller champions not too close to each other because this is a game by all accounts looks like it should be done looks like it should be out by now but they continue to like put it in the closet and not talk about it it's odd that we haven't seen this at all which i'm interested i want to know more about anyway hashtag let tim host hashtag let mike rip down the slopes i do rip the slopes baby yeah and you know what i'm doing something unprecedented here I took my C plus. I brought it up to a B minus. I'm taking it right back down to a C plus. This conversation has really kind of made me realize some things. It's like, yeah, thinking really through the Avatar stuff and like, yes, the engine. Andy, you make a really good point. I'm more excited for the engine that I have for this game that yeah. they put the 22, 22 date on. And like, if I'm being honest, I'm not sure we're ever really going to see that game. Do we have another <laughs> skull and bones on our hands? I don't know. Like, I don't know if we're making it to 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah. can happen. You know, and then I also, yeah, the Far Cry, like uh, for the amount we've seen that game recently and the amount of show t- showcases they've had, especially last week where they got ahead of all this. And then what they showed here, it was a little bizarre and kind of a letdown. I do think the villain stuff looked cool, not for me, but for others, you know, like I, I definitely see the value here. And I think I like that Ubisoft is willing to get weird uh, with his projects like that leads to fun things like Blood Dragon and whatnot. But yeah, I'm going I'm going back to my, my C plus. But moving on. 
Devolver Max Pass Plus Showcase. Bless, let's start with you. A plus plus. A plus plus. Fantastic showcase. No, like this is one that like I, I don't even know if I can put a, a rating on this one either. You know, I feel like it wouldn't make sense for what it is. Uh it was a really fun watch with some uh some games that we've already seen quite a bit of at this point. You know, like we talk about games showing up in multiple places, and I think there are quite a few of those in this one, uh, including things like Phantom Abyss and Death Store and others. But you know, the games they showed were cool games. Uh, Death Store does look good. Phantom Abyss, super excited for. Super excited to play the early access thing coming on June 22nd, I think. Uh, at least later this month. Uh, and yeah, like the ride was fun. I like the bits. I love these things. I hope they don't stop doing them. I, they do a, such a good job of, ha- of having like an adult swim inspired, uh, weird, edgy uh, joke Too many stream. Too many cooks making fun of something in the industry currently. Like that's the thing I like about it is that there's always there's always something current-ish to say, and then making fun of the whole game pass, battle pass, like that type of that type of uh, monetary service. I think they did they did a pretty good job. It was a really fun time. I enjoyed it. Mike, I'm giving it the piece up. A town down, Usher. This is an A A plus right here. This is the most fun I've had at a video game conference in a long time, right? And I think this is one, when we talk about like these more indie games and these smaller, we're not the big boy, we got buku bucks to spend. I think this team has found a way to separate itself from the pack and make it unique, make it must-see watch television, right? In a video game packed weekend. And I think they really dialed in the weird this time, right? I think a lot of people saw me on the live stream of like, I like this kind of weird a little bit less than the I got blood from my face and I'm screaming violently in the to the camera. You know, I really liked what they created and they did have some good games, right? Phantom Abyss continues to be on people's radar. Shadow Warrior 3 made a splash for me, right? That looks like Doom Eternal with the reskin. And if you got dope beats, I'm ready to mindlessly hack and slash and shoot and run and gun all day. Uh, thank you, Blessing, for that. It is brought to you by Honey. Make sorry. sure to check I just, out the I just ad. really wanted to let people the know. Picture and picture in <laughs> the ad uh, commands are really I close love together. It. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but Shadow Warrior made a splash for me. And, of course, as well, I want to give some love to Wizard with a Gun. I think that was a really cool, like, intro scene of that, like, Wild West. And then he's a wizard with these cool different shooter mechanics. And I don't think it will live up to the cinematics, the visuals itself. But it did look fun for a four-player top-down, like, bullet hell-type game that we're going to get here. And I, I really liked what Devolver did this year. I thought it was an epic presentation that I think we'll continue to talk about. These last couple of years, they have made a name for themselves with what they've done with these presentations, and I think they took it over the edge. And whoever bought that VHS, great job, dude. You got that NFT forever, bro. I'm going to jump in here uh, before we get to Andy, and I, I, I want to say I give this a solid a and this is probably as close to an s as i can give for this type of presentation the only reason i wouldn't is like i said earlier there wasn't some established ip or some like oh my god kojima's doing this or like some crazy hype factor to take it to that next level but my god they knocked it out of the park the presentation was fantastic uh this is a perfect example of just put on a good showcase make it entertaining and then we don't need it to be game 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 you can just have six games because i think that's that's all they showed here and i would say four out of six really spoke to me but those other two i looked at and i'm like there's some real quality here they're gonna speak to people like that is a level of production value that not everything is for everybody but i think that this really was a compared to the other indie streams and a lot of even what we've seen for the big dogs like 
this was a focused stream 30 minutes in and out and had a, a fun entertaining hook throughout the entire thing from a comedic storytelling perspective like i know the internet kids love to say cringe these days to me this was the opposite of cringe this was them kind of really on that fine line of this could have been really awkward and bad but it wasn't it was fantastic it was extremely high uh production value and the games were as well like this is how you show off indies to show that they freaking matter and the people presenting this get it and devolver has proven year after year that they are kind of the annapurna like we were talking about earlier adult swim whatever of this space and that is a, a very valuable place to be. And I, I love this. I, I really think they did a, a fantastic job. Can't wait to see more of these games and can't wait to see Devolver continue to hopefully hone their weirdness, like Mike was saying, in, into something that is a, a bit more akin to this because I loved it. It's so contemporary of the times. This was made for the us's. This was made for the people watching on chat along on, on Twitch for these live streams. And they get it, you know, and it, it, it always feels good to be seen. It, it feels like when you're in on a joke, uh that like there's something special going on and i also like that we don't get everything like they're making jokes that feel like they're speaking to people that aren't me but i definitely see who they're talking to what fandoms they're speaking to and the types of people and i really just think this was a fantastic presentation and uh this one wasn't a part of e3 i think that's important to point out this was just its own thing around it and that's kind of a bummer because i do think that this would have served the e3 show pretty well to be an official part of it i mean have they ever uh, been officially a part of e3 no but e3 this year there's been a lot of people that were never officially a part of it before that's but now that's are true. you know what i mean Andy, i, I do want to shout out to you know i mentioned before that i'm not going to give it a score but i was just reminded that dina from the last of us uh two did make an appearance in the showcase and so i am giving it an a fantastic good job fantastic um i would give it a b plus not all the humor hit for me but the ones that did really hit um Right now, we are we are watching um, Demon Throttle, and that line of that came, that demon kissed my wife made me laugh a lot. But this is a really I, I think this <laughs> game looks dope as hell. It is such an old retro throwback. It is only available physically. You cannot buy it digitally. Um, I love what Devolver. I, I just love how they're always making fun of the industry, and I love their commentary on subscription packages and NFTs. Like all that shit really worked for me but about 60% of the rest of the humor didn't really do that much for me, unfortunately. Um, but I still give it a B plus. Um, again, Demon Thought looked dope. Uh, we already had seen Death's Abyss. We got the date for it. We've seen Phantom Abyss already twice, and that still looks dope. Trek to Yomi was that black and white sort of samurai side-scroller. That looks really, really damn cool. Had no idea that existed until today, and I am better for it now because that game looks dope as hell. Um, really cool style. I very much like we mentioned already limbo kind of um, just, I don't know. Every, every scene looks like a piece of art, every sort of a, you could pause it anywhere and it looks like an art piece. Uh, that game looks dope as hell. Um, but yeah, the, I, overall, I thought it was pretty damn good. B plus again, the humor didn't always hit for me, but when it did, it hit really hard. Demon Surf uh, from Doinksoft, who did Gato Roboto. Gato Roboto, really excellent Stop. game. Similar type of thing where it's a smaller uh, smaller game with a pixel art aesthetic that's meant to uh, mirror like a Game Boy game. It has like Metroidvania mechanics. It's one that I recommend anybody go check out. But they are a solid game designer. And so I think Demon Surf is going to be really good. Did everyone give it a grade? Mm-hmm. Moving on. The final one of the day. Gearbox Showcase. Gearbox Showcase. Mike, let's start with you. I'm going to come in hot. 
This was the worst conference so far from our Summer Games Fest slash E3. And I know we kind of had a discussion at the end of the post show and Andy actually put out a great tweet of like, this year's E3 has us asking, what is the worst E3? And we're debating that and we're arguing about that. But <laughs> I actually put Gearbox up in that upper echelon, right? When you think of Gearbox, you know the name, you know the franchise and you know what you expect from them. And for them to plant their flag and say, hey, we're coming. And then at Jeff Keighley's event, they showed off the you know reveal of that Tiny Tina's Borderlands game. I expected more. We know about Tiny Tina. We know about the movie. Well, let's show it. And they went out for 30 minutes and they put on something that was befuddling to me, something that I was like, wow, this is not good. This is not great. And I actually would have, you know, I, I know Koch, we talked about that and we didn't give it much love, but this is below Koch. Koch went out there and talked with the devs and showed us a little bit of that. When I look over at this, this is a well-established brand with a lot of money that I expect more from. And I thought that they should have gone out there and showed us reveal photos from the set. They should have put those actors and actresses in the gear and they should have showed them off. We should have saw some gameplay or a different trailer. We should not have seen the same reveal trailer for Tiny Tina. Why are we talking about this video game in a weird ad slice form for Homeward 3? I didn't understand that at all. And I felt like that was something that was weird. Is that a slight to the developers? We didn't want to give them the time. Like, why did you make it feel so awkward for us to see those pop up? four times throughout the show and then godfall i mean hey godfall it looks very cool and i'm all about that and i would love to try it but it did not have a positive reception and that to be mixed in with what that started off with did not give that a good place in my mind 20 minutes in to give it any sort of love and give it any interest because it was already over from the jump and so i'm gonna say this was the worst and i'm gonna give it an f minus i'm very disappointed in gearbox for this one andy uh, I'd put it right on line with Koch. With Koch. This is an F for me. Uh, I don't know if we could give F minuses, but I would give this an F and Koch an <laughs> F minus. Um, this would be, I thought, a little bit better than Koch only because they spared us an hour and a half and it was only 30 minutes long. The only news we got was that Godfall is coming to PS4 and they showed a bit of their expansion, which looks like more Godfall. And if you're into that, fantastic for you. Other than that, Tribes of Midgard looked really just average and kind of generic looking and the same thing with tiny tina's wonderlands uh how are you not going to show any more of this today hopefully we get something at xbox with actual gameplay but the fact that you're just taking snippets from the trailer you've already shown twice not a good look we got randy pitchford walking around a movie set and that takes way too long and he's talking to people and people who obviously don't like like don't want to be there talking yeah just showing off like what sort of connections they have because this movie is big and they're gonna have big name actors and that's cool and all but like what's the point if you're not gonna reveal anything you're not gonna show anything that we haven't already seen you showed up the same images that have been on the internet for about a week now so yeah this if Koch media is an f minus this is an f for me 30 minutes that's the only reason why it's a little bit better (laughs) bless this was this was enough. Uh, like watching this actually made me angry. <laughs> like mid watching it, um, it it very it very much felt like they just had a conference just to have a conference. Uh, I know we said some other things about Koch Media, but this even more so felt like a 
why like why are you doing this what are you announcing is it the godfall thing because if that's the case you could have announced that uh as a blog drop or as its own thing when you look at what was there right you have um the borderlands movie stuff which had no new details you have homeworld 3 now in production cool all right uh tries midgar which we saw we saw uh yesterday at, at jeff Keighley's thing tiny tina's wonderlands which was revealed yesterday at, at uh jeff Keighley's thing and then the godfall stuff Again, like none of this was worth having a conference for. And even with that, Tim, you mentioned like how Devolver Digital felt like it could have been a cringe thing, but the the writing of it and the editing of it and the vision for it was so good that they're able to avoid that with ease. This felt very cringe throughout. Like the the transitions, the edgy stuff that they tried to do, because they did try to they did try to have that edge, they did try to have that attitude. Every single thing they tried for me fell flat. Uh, them having Randy Pitchford on stream uh, uh, talking to us for what felt like half the thing, uh, that fell flat. I don't think people really want to see Randy Pitchford in that way because he's been uh, plagued with just controversy all around him. You know, like, like not, and it's not even just like one or two things. There have been many things that we've talked about on KFGD and, I've, and we've read in articles and p plenty of things about Randy Pitchford that should lead to him not taking center stage on a presentation like this. And the fact that he took center stage on a presentation like this makes absolutely zero sense. And I know the, the answer to that is probably the fact that he is in such a high up position that nobody's there to tell him no. Uh, but that's bad. That's a bad thing. That's terrible. They shouldn't have had that. Him talking to Eli Roth was awkward as hell. Uh, yeah, it was bad. F. I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there where I, I give this one an F. And, and I do think that I didn't watch the Koch one all the way through. I did like see random bits. I kept tuning into you guys because... Um, obviously I knew what I did, but, uh, watching what I did see from it, it felt like they got their kind of pitch that it's, and, and I might be wrong about this, but I imagine that they thought it was more of a GDC. It was more of a panel type thing that they were doing. And that's why they gave the presentation that they did. They did, they didn't have the vision of, oh shit, we are giving a full on E3 showcase and you know, I'm not excusing them. <laughs> like that was bad it was a waste of people's time but when you see the product it's pretty clear of like oh someone missed the mark here uh, and like made a presentation that was different than what we all expected gearbox clearly got the message and this is what they delivered that to me is the the key difference and this was a 30 minute train wreck that honestly should have had zero minutes there was nothing of substance here there was a lot of them trying to fill time trying to show off the ip they have because they do have ip but so the points we've all made already it's like we've we saw tiny tina's game at uh the jeff Keeley event and that's where that should have stayed that made sense there that's an exciting announcement to make at a general event where we're talking about everything for Gearbox to be like, for the first time ever, we're going to have our own show at E3 and then to show this and not have anything new about the movie, to not have anything new about the game we just saw revealed a couple days ago, to the biggest announcement at this being, hey, here's a game that people didn't love when it came out and now it's coming out for last gen consoles. Our like, next gen game you know? now coming to last gen, what you've been waiting for. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the most interesting thing to me where I'm like, yo, y'all missed the fucking mark here. And they tried. There was effort put into this. There was editing. There was things shot just for this event. There was like a whole plan and pitch and someone wrote yeah. 
all those interstitials and someone decided it was a good idea to reveal home home world i don't even know what the fuck it was we saw it revealed 15 times home world remastered tim it's gonna be it's gonna blow you away baby no but here's the problem they talked about it 17 times and i still am not clear on what exactly they announced you know what i I mean like i feel like uh when barrett accidentally hit the button to go back to the ad like I feel like they were live producing it and accidentally kept hitting the homeworld button. Um, it's it's just inexcusable at this point. The same criticism I have with Koch is like, if you don't have anything, you don't need to do something. It's okay to sit it out. It's okay to only have a six minute thing. Like, just you don't need to do this. We're not making you do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing that even make the worst is the the fact that like you had. Like you have Godfall, which you had things to say, and the fact that you're loop, loop, looping in Godfall with the rest of this rest of this presentation that is overall bad, you're doing a disservice to a thing you actually have stuff to say for. You actually have like DLC. You actually have the game coming to PS4, and Godfall is one of those games where like that game could have a great resurgence. That game could come back and be cool. That game could could come back and be something great because the bones of it are there. You got to talk about it in a way that's going to do that game service, and they did not in this presentation, which is upsetting. Do that at kickoff live. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Like, that's the thing. 20-second teaser. 20-second just boom. Here's a moment this thing happened. Move the fuck on. We don't need a Gearbox showcase. If you're going to have a Gearbox showcase, I want to see something. Show me something. that We just talked for so long about Ubisoft. And it's like Ubisoft has created forwards. We don't know what to expect from them. They have enough to talk about that even if everything isn't there, at least they're talking about some things that were that everyone's interested in to some extent, right? This Gearbox thing, I don't think this did anything for Gearbox fans. And that should never be the case. Yep. Mm, yeah. yeah. If anything, this felt like it felt embarrassing. Like it felt embarrassing for Gearbox to watch this, uh, and that's upsetting. You know, we talk about like the, the whole cock versus Gearbox thing. Like, end of the day, it doesn't really matter who had the worst conference. I said cock. But... <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> we'll talk about that sometimes too. But like, you know, when we look at this, it's like at the, at, at at the very least, like uh, uh, prime prime matter doesn't really have a fan base that's looking forward to at, at this point looking forward to what prime matter has to say and so they're not disappointing that many people gearbox has borderlands gearbox publishes huge games they are too big to put out something this bad it doesn't make sense i don't i i, I don't get it i don't understand it and rant um the last two things uh, two things i have from chat uh someone put up a poll of best conference devolver won by a landslide with 81 percent david the devs uh, wasn't even on there what the uh, yeah i know david the devs wasn't even on there what's this uh rigged poll but uh ubisoft 11 percent wholesome game six percent uh koch media three percent and gearbox no one voted for uh and then uh, a couple of things i saw from the chat where people are now feeling nervous for the rest of e3 so that was something i kind of wanted to throw out to you guys of like how do we feel about the next couple of days if this is like where we're at for day one? I want to I want to start this off. I am still very excited for the rest of it because obviously we have the the biggest some of the biggest things left. Like I don't think that it's an insult to say that the biggest events of this week are Kickoff Live, Ubisoft, Microsoft, Square Enix, and Nintendo. Right? Am Xbox I missing anything? Bethesda? No, yeah. yeah, you got a uh, big that? heavy hitters, is right. Yeah, you said Microsoft. That's all you said. Oh, you called oh, it Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those are the big ones, right? We're missing the Sony, but otherwise, everyone's there. Everything else is like kind of needs to earn its keep and like prove that it 
needed to be there. It should have been, it deserves a spot. And I think as we talked about everything we've done so far, it's like day, the devs earned the spot. Koch did it. Gorilla did. Wholesome did right. Devolver did gearbox did not looking forward to the next at the rest of the schedule. Like at least the shows we're trying to cover. And I think that that's another key sign here is like, you know, we're trying to make the best content for us and for the people watching and all of this. And we're making educated guesses on what we think we should cover. And because E3 and Summer Game Fest have presented all of this in the way they have, it kind of made us think, oh, man, we, we should do Gearbox because they're doing a showcase. So, like, of course, we're going to cover it. And we, in other years, wouldn't have covered Gorilla, wouldn't have covered Day of the Devs, wouldn't have covered these things. But because of this presentation, we are. And I think that's a key thing to, to keep in mind as we look at tomorrow. Xbox Bethesda. We got high hopes. Right. I think our expectations are in the right place for that. They have so much they could show. I think it's a Ubisoft situation where um, I, I know the chat's been blowing up with Jeff Grubb tweeted out things to expect not to be there, um, which the thing is, there's a big long list that he put there. That is just a sliver of what isn't going to be there. Right. Microsoft has so much stuff that will be there and has so much other stuff that won't be there because Xbox is huge at this point. We can expect some greatness tomorrow. Level of greatness, we'll have to wait and see, but there will be greatness. Moving on from there, we got Square Enix Presents. They've been pretty straightforward, letting us know what we have to expect from that, and it's all exciting stuff. On top of that, there might be surprises. WB Games, they told us it's just back for blood. So we're not expecting surprises. We're just expecting some dope back for blood gameplay, some dope modes that we're seeing. Cool. That's exciting. Then we have PC Gaming Show. We have Future Game Show. That's a little bit more of like, I'm expecting some C's from that. You know, the main thing I'm worried about with those shows is that how many repeats will we get from Day of the Devs and Guerrilla Showcase? Like, we're going to see a lot of these smaller indie titles several times again. Uh, If it's Death Thor, though, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, jump through it real quick. We got got, uh, Monday, we have Take Two Interactive, not expecting much from that. Then we got E3 Indie Showcase, like, that is going to be a weird thing where it's like it now has the competition of day of the devs and gorilla and all this stuff. Like, can it hold up without just showing us the same things again? Then we have Capcom is Capcom going to be another gearbox. Like that's, that's the biggest fear I have looking forward for the rest of this shit. And then of course, Nintendo direct and Bandai Namco on Tuesday, Bandai Namco. I got to imagine Elden ring is going to be there in some form. And then Nintendo direct, that's the big one I'm looking forward to. So I have a lot to look forward to and a lot to that I kind of think I have my expectations set correctly for. What about you guys? Since we got the date for Elden Ring at already, right, at uh, kickoff live, for Bandai Namco, I'm expecting we'll get the time, right? 2.42 p.m. is when like, <laughs> they're going to add on to that, right? Uh, yeah, I, dude, I'm not... I'm kind of worried about the Bandai Namco thing, honestly. I think we're going to see a lot of games in that sort of scarlet nexus tales of arise kind of sphere that maybe uh, you know not a lot of us necessarily care a whole lot about and that was kind of the thing that happened last year or no in years prior with the different square presentations where it's a lot of dragon quest and all sorts of anime shit that we just don't really care about and our audience is like y'all are fucking crazy these games are great and that's awesome they speak to you but to us you know a lot of these ips and franchises we just don't really have a history with all right but Andy, um, so what kinda... if they just show what if they just show more Elden ring dude i i don't think they will i i don't know i, I don't think they will though um 
but the that's that's my worry with the the square and the bandai namco is that it's going to be a lot of ips that the people reacting to uh it here on twitch.tv has kind of funny games will not necessarily care about so it might be kind of a oof like i don't really give a shit about much of this by the way, Tim, uh, Tamora Hussein texted me and said uh, to tell Tim it's the GameSpot Showcase on Tuesday, too. There's also the GameSpot Showcase uh, on Tuesday gonna be, as well. It's just going to be Tim streaming Which on I his, think is the play for all. He's Tim playing Sekiro. Tim, you look really good anyway, in your t-shirt. Tim. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the rest of the weekend. You know, I think Summer Games Fest kickoff uh kicked it off right you know i'm i'm i got the energy ready i've been having i've been having fun regardless of everything right i think this has been a, a really good two days of e3 content and it's kind of non-stop and tomorrow is one of the most exciting days you know it's like it's tomorrow and tuesday right because the nintendo switch the nintendo uh, uh direct thing is on tuesday uh those are the most those are the two days i've been looking forward to the most and i think xbox has so much to say that uh it'd be very difficult for t- tomorrow to be a very bland day um, yeah, and so yeah, like I'm, I'm excited regardless. I'm looking forward to it. I think when I think of the last couple years, right when when we had the Keanu reveal at at Xbox, I don't remember a whole lot else from that year, but I remember that Keanu moment. <laughs> this year, Elden yeah. Ring for me has already become that moment. But I don't need, look, I don't. I'll be honest with you, I don't need Xbox or Nintendo to knock it out of the park. Just have one thing in that showcase that blows my mind yeah. and looks like, dope as hell, and we're gonna freak out and be like, "What the fuck?" It's actually like. I want that moment at least once in either of those conferences, and that's kind of all I'm hoping for. We're going, we're going, we're going to see Halo. We are very likely to yes. see Starfield, and everything around that is flavoring at this point, yes. right? Like I'm, yes. look, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to everything else they're going to announce because sure, I'm sure they'll have bangers. But even if we just get those two and a bunch of stuff around it, that's gonna be a fun time. That's gonna be a good. Everybody, time. hands in uh, on three, one, two, three yeah. video games. Ready? One, two, three, video, video games. games. Oh, I thought you were going to say Halo, but all right. Halo. <laughs> with that, everybody, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. We're already talking so long, and we're going to keep talking long for the rest of the week because this is E3, baby, Summer Game Fest. It's all happening. We can't wait to be with you all day starting tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Pacific. That's right. We're going a whole 30 minutes before Microsoft and Bethesda even start just to hang out, start to get the hype going, start to get everybody in the chat at twitch.tv slash games. It's where you're going to want to be because we're all going to be there. Ain't that right, Mike? Oh, we'll be there. You best believe it. That's the Ain't answer. Ain't that right, show. Andy? <laughs> Ain't, ain't that right? Ain't that right, Tim? Ain't that ain't right? Ain't that right, Flash? No, that's so right, Tim. <laughs> You're so right. Homeward three. <laughs> and Greg Miller will be there as well. He's going to be doing the shows. He won't be there for the pre-show probably, but he will be there for the show itself. And guess who else is joining us for the Xbox live stream? That's right. Phil Spencer. Cast host himself, <laughs> Gary Witta, will be joining us. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But... Until tomorrow, I love you guys so very, very much. Right now, I am going to stall for just a little longer because I see that Barrett is this working is on something this is that terrific. is fucking worth it. It is so worth it. Barrett, you let me know when I can stop just, blabbing. It's Kevin, or Barrett, you put it wrong. It's stream over. It's stream over. Oh, okay. Well, don't. don't. <laughs> well, no, whatever. 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 Let, it, let it fly, all right? <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you for all your support on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, Patreon.com slash kind of funny games, everything. This has been great. Greg's hosting E3. Life makes no damn sense. I didn't hear what he said about Jeff Grubb, but 
Twitter made it seem like it was offensive. And Jeff Grubb, I am so sorry. I I'm love so, you. We love you. <laughs> You're the best, Jeff Grubb. You rock. Mm -hmm. I'm, I love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs>